0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're back. It's Monday. We're back in the book of 1 Corinthians. We're looking at this practical advice that Paul is giving these people in the Corinthian church. And we are in a section about practical living, about whether you should be married or not married, and, and that kind of stuff. So, and it's practical information for us today. And for those of you who are listening, some of you are married, some of you are not married. And so Paul is speaking to us today, too. And one of the take-home messages that I'm getting, and we'll look into this a little bit more, is whether you're married or whether you're not married. It's Christ that is your priority, and that's what you have to live by. So, it's not like he's saying, I mean, he's saying, don't even make getting married your top priority. Christ should be your top priority. And if you're married, don't make getting divorced your top priority, or being free, or thinking in terms of just your marriage your top priority. So, your marriage shouldn't be your top priority or whether you don't like your marriage you know to get out of your marriage that's not your top it's Christ your top priority and if something happens and you happen to uh, your husband or wife leaves you and you're not married anymore there you go you can do what you want to do you're not bound there's freedom but um and if you are unmarried and in the the chance to be married comes along, and you that's what you want to do. He um, it says it's okay as long as Christ is your priority. So that's where we're, you know, with the mindset that we all need a good dose of this common sense uh, from Paul here today. So jumping in, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 20, Each one should remain in the condition he was called Were you a bondservant? In other words, you were um, in servitude to somebody else when called? And now you're a believer? Don't be concerned about it. But if you can gain your freedom, avail yourself of the opportunity. For he who was called in the Lord as a bondservant is a free man of the Lord. Likewise, he who was free when called is a bondservant of Christ. You were bought with a price. Do not become bondservants of men. So, brothers, in whatever condition each was called, let him remain with God. So, in other words, you're a slave to somebody, don't worry about it because you're free in Christ. Are you free free living in the world? Well, realize that you're a slave in Christ. So, everyone is free and everyone has to serve. So the main thing is to remain in God, serve God. Don't worry about the world. Let Christ be your priority. Verse 25. Now, concerning the betrothed, these are people who are scheduled to get married. You know, um and I have no command from the Lord, but I give my judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. And McGee makes the point that Paul's most likely been married himself. He's given advice that he knows something about. He's not, the Spirit of God is not using Paul to give advice for something he knows nothing about. I think that in view of the present distress, now the present distress could mean all the present day trials, you know, going on in the world right now. Or the urgency of living in the last days. Or there could be some other famine going on like that right now. But in the present day, trials of this world, it is good for a person to remain as he is. In other words, not to get married. Because, you know, that's one more thing to Put on your plate, right? In terms of if you're just thinking about being devoted to God. Verse 27, are you bound to a wife? In other words, are you scheduled to get married to a wife? Don't seek to be free. Are you free from a wife? Don't seek a wife. He's saying whether you're married or unmarried or engaged, seek God first. But if you do marry, you've not sinned. And if a betrothed woman marries, she's not sinned. In other words, you know, if you're scheduled to get married, but now you become a believer in Christ, you're not going to sin by getting married. Because I guess these are a lot of questions that people are asking. Yet those who marry will have worldly troubles, and I would spare you that. You might be saying this with a little bit of a smile on his face because he knows about worldly troubles when you're married this is what i mean brothers the appointed time has grown very short and my study bible says as most of the new testament writers would would write you know the the, the message from the new testament is is that the time is short any time for all the days after the cross of christ because time is now measured In this gap of time between the cross of Christ and his return. From now on, brothers, let those who have wives live as though they had none. In other words, make God first. And those who mourn as though they were not mourning. In other words, if you're sorry about something, you've got Christ to make your priority. And those who rejoice as though they were not rejoicing. Well, I mean, if you're you're living it up, you don't. Remember, Christ is returning. So, live soberly that Christ is coming. You can rejoice in Christ, but if you're living in the world rejoicing, keep Christ your priority. And those who buy as though they had no goods. And those who deal with the world as though they had no dealings with it. In other words, make Christ your priority. For the present form of this world is passing away. Verse 32, I want you to be free from the anxieties. The unmarried man is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife. And his interests are divided. In other words, keep Christ first. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about the things of the Lord, how to be holy in the body and the spirit. But the married woman... Is anxious about the worldly things, about how to please your husband. In other words, keep Christ first. I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order. In other words, good priorities. Keep Christ first. And to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. Keep Christ first. Verse 36. If anyone thinks that he is not behaving properly towards his betrothed, if his passions are strong, and it has to be, let him do so as he wishes, let him marry. It is no sin. In other words, if you feel like you, know, you need to get married, it's okay. Verse 37, But whoever is firmly established in his heart, being under no necessity, but having his desire under control, and has determined that in his heart to keep her as his betrothed, he will do well. In other words, you don't have to get married, and it's okay there too. So then he who marries his betrothed does well, and he who refrains from marriage will do even better. It's not that he's putting down marriage. He's saying that most of the time you will be unencumbered by the worldly things that come along with marriage, and the whole thing is to keep Christ first. Verse 39, a wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives, but if her husband dies, she's free to be married, whomever she wishes, only in the Lord. In other words, make sure you marry a Christian if you're going to remarry. Yet it is my judgment she's happier if she remains as she is. And I think that I too have the Spirit of God. So, a lot of practical advice, and I think it boils down, at least for me as I understand all this, is keep Christ first. Relationships are there, and marriage is okay. It's not a sin. But it does inhibit you if you let the marriage and the worldly things that come along with marriage, just like anything else, consume you and... and Take the place where God needs to be, number one. So we're going to stop here. We'll turn the rest of this podcast over to our co host in Zambia, Matali. Matali, I hope you're doing great. Look forward to hearing your study on this today. As always, from me to all of you, God bless you. Keep your hearts centered on Christ on this great spiritual battlefield. And we'll see you next time tomorrow as we continue our study through 1 Corinthians. And as always, our prayers go up for sweet Emma. Sweet Jean.
1: Hello, so today's teaching is coming from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, beginning at verse 20 all the way through to verse 40. So, in this section of our study, Paul is answering questions that the Corinthian church had raised and the question had to do with marriage and divorce. And Paul is speaking into a local situation. So as per our judgment, Paul had once been married and was now a widower. And he said that he didn't marry again as he couldn't have taken on a wife or family with him due to the type of ministry and missionary journeys that he was going on, because, you know, those were like really, really hard as, you know, he didn't want to subject his family to, or his wife to these difficulties, um, who like, you know, they would have to have tagged along with him and it might slow down his work. So Paul was not harsh on women like we have read I know it may come out harsh but he was not harsh on women in his ministry he actually lifted them that's in the local situation in Corinth and in the Roman world he actually lifted women from the place of being um chattel or slave and brought her up to where God intended her to be the other half of man So, Paul speaks very tenderly of that relationship, you know, the partnership of a man and a woman, that they were um, mutually dependent one upon the other and should look to each other for all of the satisfactions of life. So, Corinth had had that horrid temple of Aphrodite where a thousand priestesses as they used to call them but were just like a thousand prostitutes or harlots in the name of religion were and men actually went there. So a wife in those days in that local setup um in those days in that culture was just, you know, a housekeeper or a bookkeeper. So Paul is telling them that now As believers, they were not to go up to the temple of Aphrodite as their wives are their companion and partner. And then he says that if one is not married and doesn't need to get married, it's well to go on as one is. Just as Paul, Paul had been married, but now he was a widower. And this actually applies to every relationship in life. So when one is converted, you know, they don't have to seek to get out of that particular relationship. And, you know, they were men and women in Corinth presented with a real problem. So when Paul, so like, um, you know, by every situation in life, say, for example, if one is like a businessman and they decide to actually help out in a Christian approach, project or program, they don't have to quit their business, um, in order to just continue with that Christian business. Probably it was their calling to continue that business in order to actually help fund the Christian program. So when Paul came to, uh, when Paul came and preached the gospel and, um, you know, when Paul came to preach the gospel, a husband and his family would actually accept Christ and the wife would not. Or the other way around, you know, the the, the wife would accept Christ and the husband would not. In this case, the believer is two if they can stay right where they are. They were two. But if the unbeliever leaves the marriage, that's another story. Then one is actually free. But the question is, that is one free to marry again? So today there is no categorical rule. So each case actually falls and stands on its own merit, as this is, you know, it may actually present as an out for too many people who actually would use this particular situation. So this would actually apply to any relationship. So if one belongs to the circumcised, so here are examples of, um the different scenarios in life. So if one belongs to the circumcised and are an Israelite, you know, they don't have to try and become a Gentile. And the other way around actually holds true. Just you know, come to Christ as you are. You don't have to change yourself to fit into a particular group. So it's not necessary for one to actually change themselves. So circumcision is nothing, so is uncircumcision. These things that divide us as believers should not divide us at all. You know the carnal things of the world that we tend to look at the outward things, they are not to divide us at all. Christ did, he he actually Christ died on the cross for all of our sins, whether you're blue, white, black, red, circumcised or uncircumcised. Okay, so scripture reads verse twenty, let. Each one remain in the same calling in which he was called verse twenty one were you called while a slave, do not be concerned about it, but if you were but if you can be made free, rather use it verse twenty two for he who is called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's free freed man, likewise he who is called while free is Christ's slave. So, in that day, you know, they were slaves and free men. So, when one was a slave, a servant of a man, uh, don't try and get loose from that thinking that that's what God actually wants you to do. It may not be. So, that just because you accept Christ, that doesn't mean you still do not belong to that particular slave owner, That you know, where you actually were bought. So, you know, one today may be tied down to a business, like the example I gave, making money. Chances are that, he, that that's where God wants one to be, because after one is converted, there is no need to actually give that up. So don't try and get out of the place where you are just because you have been converted. Just like, say, for instance, you know, um, you get like a married couple, the wife doesn't work. She is a stay-at-home mom. She's got kids and all. You know, many of the times where people believe, oh, hey, I think I have been called to be a teacher. And then they abandon their duties at home. And, you know, they say, oh, I'm giving all my time to God and stuff. And they neglect the home. You know, that's their calling. They have their congregation at home, their kids, their family. Verse 23 goes on to read, For he who is called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's servant. I already read that. Verse 23, I mean. um, You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of men. So you have been redeemed. Now don't become a slave to somebody else. You know, don't become a slave to like the rituals that are out there. Don't become a slave to somebody else. Because Christ already paid the price by shedding the blood on the cross. When he died for us. Verse 24 goes on to read. um brethren let each one remain with god in that state in which he was called so when one is converted whatever one is doing wherever one is in that position can one be free in one's relationship to god so can one actually put him first again don't try and change yourself be free in your particular position. Don't try and be someone else who you're not because you feel that's who you're supposed to be in order for you to actually execute your work in Christ. So Paul will actually discuss this because now in the rest of this chapter, Paul will answer the second question they brought to him that is related to the first question. So all of, This should be looked at in the light of the local circumstances as it should be looked at in the light of what Corinth really was and interpret that in that light of today. That's the only way we're going to understand this. So the second question was Corinth was a very corrupt place and manhood was corrupted and any time that... You know women become corrupt manhood will actually go down as well and this question amongst christian parents who had marriageable daughters um you know they were asking what should they do because before they were converted they knew this you know particular drunken young man that they actually met in corinth who made trips up to the temple of aphrodite and associated with the prostitutes now What should the single girl do? Because that's the marriageable guy they have found. So that's the dilemma that the parents had. So we're supposed to look at it in that local situation. Then in Corinth. Verse 25 reads. Now concerning virgins, that's young ladies. I have no commandment from the Lord. Yet I gave judgment as one whom the Lord in his mercy has made trustworthy. So Paul answers this question. So this revealed that Paul knew the commandments of the Lord Jesus Christ. What he had taught, Paul knew. So Paul says he gives them his opinion. So Paul is giving his opinion. And Paul says he's obtained the mercy of the Lord. And this is the basis we should actually let Christians judge our affairs as they actually know what mer- the mercy of God, of the Lord is. We have similar interests. You know, another Christian is best suited to judge my case because they have obtained the mercy of God. They've experienced the same thing I am experiencing. So So because they've experienced the mercy of the Lord and is um, why they have obtained it um, because they are christians so verse 26 goes on to read i suppose therefore that this is good because of the present distress and it is good for man to remain as he is so the present distress was that awful situation in corinth that we're talking about the local situation which paul knew would not last it was just the present distress it wasn't gonna last forever so what? Every distress that we actually are in will come to pass you know I like the phrase saying you know this too shall come to pass no situation is permanent like I always tell the people around this too shall come to pass um, you always have to look at it you know God cannot give you permanent distress or something that you can't handle everything shall come to pass you know whatever distress you may be going through uh, It's actually like God trying to make you focus on him. And it shall come to pass. You know, you turn to him. He he wants you to depend on him. Verse 27 goes on to read. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be loosed. Are you loosed from a wife? Do not seek a wife. So Paul here is saying it's your present situation so you come to Christ, you know, you are, are you bound to your wife when you come to Christ in your present situation? If so, stay with her. If she isn't saved, stay with her as long as one can. That's if the situation is ideal, you can stay with her. So if one's not married in that local situation in Corinth, in the present distress, it's You know it's actually best to actually remain single and this is his judgment this is Paul's own judgment so if one can actually handle the pressure it's best to stay single verse 28 goes on to read but even if you do marry you have not sinned and if a virgin marries she has not sinned nevertheless such will have trouble in the flesh but I would spare you. So Paul is saying this to actually save them from a lot of distress. You know, with marriage comes a lot of input and, you know, a lot of problems. It's not always a honeymoon stage. It's not always a bed of roses. After all, roses have thorns as well. So Paul is saying in your current present situation to save you from a lot of distress, best you stay single if you can manage. So this is just Paul's opinion. So Paul will actually... Say in the light of the present distress, um, they are several things he will actually discuss with them. He will mention these now in the light of the present distress that they were in. So he will mention five things, all of them necessary. So the common experience of man in this world and these are marriage sorrow joy commerce and the world in general so these are five things that you know are necessary and that common experience in man and all these we have a relationship too. so the first is marriage uh, marriage is the first and paul is saying it's all right to get married but there will be problems There's always problems. I mean, these are two different people coming together, living together in one house. There's always problems, but always put Christ first. Um, Verse 29 goes on to read, But this I say, brethren, the time is short, so that from now on, even those who have wives should be as though they had none. So Paul says, regardless, because of the times, the local situation, that the times uh, are they putting God first? So one ought to actually always put God first. Verse 30 goes on to read, Those who weep as though they did not weep. Those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice. Those who buy as though they did not possess. So, here are those who weep. This is sorrow. Are you going to let Some sorrows in your life keep you from serving God? No. Put God first. Are you also going to let the pleasures of life take the place of God? The fourth point being those that buy. Are you going to let business take the place of God? And the fifth, that's in verse 31. And those who use this world as not misusing it for the form of this world world is passing away. So here um we are in the world but we are not of the world and this does not mean we are to walk around with the attitude of touch, taste, handle not. No, like you know we are um in the world. So we come into contact with worldly things, material things. So we can use this world. So, you know, are you caught up today with the things of the present? Do these things actually control your life? That's what things are supposed to bear in mind. The, the material things are not supposed to control our lives. And does Christ actually control your life? So who's controlling your life? Like, who's your God right now? Other people use their jobs as their gods. You know, their money as their gods their careers, you know, if they are athletes or as they are gods, but Christ is supposed to be the center of your life and my life, okay, verse 32 goes on to read, but I want you to be without care, he who isn't married cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. So he's just giving his observation. So it's his opinion, his observation. And, you know, that an unmarried person doesn't have to worry about the responsibilities that come with marriage. So he or she can actually give more of their time to the things of God. That doesn't mean being married is also a problem. No, you can be married and still serve God. Verse 33 goes on to read... But he who is married cares about the things of the world how he may please his how he may please his wife. So this is normal and it's not wrong. So Paul here is saying that you are putting God first in your life. So Paul is making it very clear that the important thing is to put God first and this should be the determinant factor for any person in the marriage relationship so when you get married focus on christ it's very important so what are you putting first in your life okay so dropping down to verse 35 verse 35 reads and this i say for your own profit not that i may put a leash on you but for what is proper and that you may serve the Lord without destruction. So this is his judgment and feeling on the matter. So he's saying, you know, it's not a punishment. Um but always put Christ in your life first. So drop down all the way to verse forty and verse forty reads But she is happier if she Remains as she is according to my judgment. And I think I also have the spirit of God. So this is Paul's advice to them. The important thing in any marriage relationship is not whether it's legal or what will the church say. The important thing is... Are you putting God first in your life? That's what's Im- very, very important. People will always have their own opinions and judgments of you know, different things. Um, and you know, they'll always have something to say. But the thing is, you know, the most important thing, the determinant thing, is put Christ first in your life. Yeah, so this is our teaching for today. Thank you all for listening in. God bless you all and have a pleasant one day. Bye-bye.